T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm Lauren Tomes here with you until 2 o'clock. We are getting ready to talk with Cubs manager David Ross. Hours being brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto. Online at CarX.com. Ray, let's go. This is the David Ross Show. Chicago! Cubs manager David Ross on the Lawrence Holmes Show. My expectation is for us to win ball games. I mean, like, we're going to go out and compete really hard. I think it's a fun group. World Series hero. And now the 1-2 pitch on the way to Ross. Swung on, hit in the air. Deep center field. Back goes Davis. Back near the track. Near the wall. Davis leaping. And that ball is a home run. David Ross with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. David Ross joins you on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. Rossi, how you doing? What's up, Lawrence? How are you, buddy? I'm doing really well. We were Before you came on, we were talking about the new Top Gun movie. I haven't seen it yet. Is that in your plans? Is that in your purviews, the type of film that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the you know the first one's back in my day, so... Um, yeah, I have heard one of my coaches went and saw it, raved about it, and then I actually was listening to um, I listened to country music in the morning. So I was listening to a little bit of that, and they were talking about um, one of the hosts was talking about feels like it's one of the better movies they've seen in a long, long time. They were raving about it, so definitely got to get out and uh, and see that. Okay, all right, good. Well, if if it, even if you're hearing good things and other people that I'm talking to are hearing good things, then that means I'm going to have to pay some money and, and go see Maverick fly. And do his thing, but yeah, that's a movie that that you quote and you you talk about and you have fun with. And Kenny Loggins with with the soundtrack of that first movie, man, it's wild stuff right there. There you go. They're bringing it back. They're bringing back the old school. That's nice. And I heard it's even better than the first. So uh, that's great. All right. Well, then in a couple of weeks we got to compare notes and see what we thought of of, of Top Perfect. Gun Maverick. What are the latest injury updates on Seiya Suzuki and Wade Miley? Oh man, we've got a long list of, you know, guys have been kind of getting banged up. Uh, Suzuki went to the IL, um, you know, jammed his finger in Cincinnati and it, it sounds like just, uh, sprained maybe a ligament in the knuckle, um, tried to hit and, uh, just couldn't do it. Tried to give him some rest, slowly work his way back. Uh, we were just getting to a point where we didn't, we want to make sure we could retro the three days. Um, and, and he'll be out just, you know, hopefully only, this short amount of time, um, but he's uh, got some swelling in that finger and it just, you know, tried to hit live yesterday off the machine. Uh, and just anytime he didn't hit it right on the barrel, it was, um, it was, it was giving a pretty good jolt in the hand. So I don't want him protecting that thing, uh, get him all the way back and, and getting back out there healthy and, and help him so he can 
continue to help contribute. Uh, and then Wade is working his way back as well. Um, you know, he was in a place where just uh, shoulders barking a little bit and uh, threw a pin yesterday or, or played catch, excuse me, yesterday, felt much better. So hopefully this is a, a, a short stint as well and we can get him off the bump here real soon and get some good feedback. What's it been like to navigate this season where you probably worry going in with the way spring training goes that you might end up losing guys, but what's it been like to manage inside of, of having so many guys go down? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, there are just so many weird things that have come up, you know, it just feels like one thing after another. And, you know, that's not a, that's just the facts, not trying to, trying to uh, make excuses. I think the main thing is, is giving some other guys some opportunities and some young guys have come up and put themselves on the map and been really impressive. Um, and, and watching them, um, you know, like Schwarmer making his debut yesterday, uh, obviously Morrell swinging the bat really well, you know, some good things happening with guys going down um, and young guys coming up and, and showing, showing their skills. I think the main thing with managing that from a short spring training for me was um, we tried to, you know, not stretch these guys out early. Wade kind of came out of spring training, uh, banged up and started on the IL. So uh, we got him back for a minute. So it looks like there's some things barking there, some different, but um, some things still bothering him. So we just want to get him on a regular routine, make sure we don't lose some of that buildup he had, uh, or this is something we're going to deal with for uh, months at a time. So I thought we did a good job early on of that. And a lot of teams were dealing with some injuries early uh, in the season, and it seems like ours are creeping up on us right now. But uh, got a lot of guys coming back here soon, and we'll have some – hopefully get some guys back uh, healthy and, and be able to uh, play some good baseball ahead. Okay, so so when we're talking about managing, you're bringing up new guys. Guys are making their debuts. You, you've had Velasquez and Swarmer and, and Morrell – what do you? How do you go about trying to indoctrinate those guys and get them ready for what the major leagues is like? Yeah, and oh, and don't forget Espinosa last night was pretty pretty impressive too, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the main thing for me is just you know I think we have a clubhouse that guys feel welcome, they feel at home. I think Morel touched on that when he got up here, uh, being in spring training, the way these guys interact, the way they talk, the the culture we try to create. It's um, you know, it's all inclusive. We need everybody, um, young rookies, veterans, uh, everybody uh, has to contribute to success. And, um, you know, the winning teams I've been a part of, that's how it is. The culture makes the young guys fit in really fast and make them feel welcome. That way their skills show up and they don't, they're not timid, they're not scared. Uh, there may be some adrenaline, but there there's guys there helping them. And I think, you know, some of the stuff that I, I read this morning about, uh, Schwarmer and, and Higgins that he caught him in AAA and Higgy being up here and hitting his first home run yesterday. Um, you know, he's gotten a taste of catching some of these guys last year and some of the guys that, um, you know, in spring training, the veterans, he's been around a little bit and knows these guys and how they work. And I think uh, him being able to talk to to Matt and tell him, hey, just pitch your game. I'll take care of of calling the game, managing the game. You just make your pitches. Um, that's the kind of culture, and that's the kind of thing we're trying to create here. Uh, so these guys come up and feel really comfortable and can can succeed and, and pitch or play to their best. Rossi, this is going to sound weird, but just hang with me on this one, okay? You have right. you have Morell come up, 
and he is off to a great start. How do you support his great start while also letting him understand that it might not be like this all the time? Yeah, I don't think you need to. I don't. I, I don't think it's 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 something that you have to make aware to the player. Who are we to judge what it's going to go like? You know, who he may be the next Mike Trout. We don't. We we don't know. I think we we come into with so many expectations or lack of expectations. This young man's young, hungry, and um, you know he was in big league camp for us two years ago, and the growth he's made already is astounding to me, and the way he. Um, takes the information is is being able to apply that really fast has really been impressive. The coaching staff's been really impressed. We've moved him all over the diamond. He's looked great in each position. Um, his excitement, his energy brings a lot to us. So, I, you know, for me, when guys struggle, we're there to to catch them and help them and talk them through it. But um, until that time comes, you just high five them when they do great, pat them on the butt when they punch out or make a mistake, and you keep moving down the line. This is this is a, a everyday game that we have to play and stay mentally positive because of all the failure that you go through. And uh, he's a positive person, and so um, we're along for the ride with him and supporting him. And when things the bumps in the road come, uh, that's what the family's all about. That's what our uh, culture is all about is about helping each other through those tough moments, talking through them, uh, and then using some of the experiences we have to maybe give a give some advice or, or a helping hand. He does seem to play with a lot of joy. Oh man, it's it's infectious, man. The way he, uh, you know, I was joked the other day with the media. It's like if you feel like before the game starts, he he has to uh, pat everybody on the back or shake everybody's hand. The umpire, the catcher. The first the guy at first, when he gets to second, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, this guy is just a genuinely great human being um, that loves to play baseball, and, and, and that's what's so infectious and so great about him uh, outside of just his skill set and how he, how he comes to work every day with that smile and that energy is, is awesome. Cubs manager David Ross joining me here on The Score. How did Nico Horner convince you that he was this team's shortstop? Uh, well, I think it's it's over time, the work ethic, the baseball IQ, the conversations. Um, and then, you know, coming off last year uh, and the injury and, and knowing he's played there in college and um, getting a little bit of time there early in his career um, and just seeing the work he had to put in, knowing where he needed to uh, be better and uh, be consistent. And, um, you know, we had a, a void there in the off season and, so that's where we had him work, and you know he comes in, and with Anderton, uh, one of those silver linings um, that you don't see coming. You know Anderton being uh, a little banged up when you started when we started the season, him get to get everyday reps at short, it, he proved it. You know it's, it's about going out there and proving it. We can we can hype things up, we can talk about the expectations and who this guy is going to be or that guy and all the prospect stuff. But until you go out and prove it uh, at this level, um, you know it's hard to 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 uh, make sure that that's going to stick. So um, kudos to him for putting in the work in the offseason and coming in and proving it. And with a player like Anderton that's played at shortstop basically every game of his career, how did that conversation go? You say, look, we, we have a guy that's established himself now. We need you to do other things. How do those types of conversations go? Well, what's great about having the type of veterans we have, I'd put Hayward in that category, Anderton, uh, even though he's new here, 
um, he came in spring training, in spring training, and say, "Hey, I'm I'm here to to help the team. I'll move around. I'll do whatever you need to uh, need me to do." Uh, and then Nico went down. We brought him back, maybe a little bit early, um, but we needed that shortstop, and he came back, filled the hole, and then Nico came back, and we're looking at with with you know one eye on the future and trying to win on a daily basis. I talked to Anderton, and he said, "No problem." You know, it's really as simple as that. Um, I don't think. You know, he had a lot of pushback, and uh, I respect that and, and told him he would still move move over there some. I think with all the shifting um, we have, we put Nico out in deep uh, second base when we do shift, and Anderson still plays. Andleton still plays up the middle um, and, and kind of that shortstop hybrid. So um, there's still – he's over there a lot. He played shortstop yesterday with the doubleheader. He'll play there some, but I think just – knowing where we're at and uh, where he's at in his career and, and some of the arm struggles he, he had coming in to spring training he's been dealing with. I think second base made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and he was on board with that. I'm fascinated by Keegan Thompson, and, and he's been one of the best players on the Cubs. Like if you look at every metric, he's, he's been one of the best players. How do you go about developing a player that looks like he could function in either role, either being a starter or or being a high leverage reliever? Uh, I think the main aspect is what we dealt with last year is like coming up and proving that you belong. And I think like he went through that. He had some success, uh, had some failure, go, goes into the off season and understands, Hey, I, I'm, I'm good enough to pitch in the big leagues. Uh, and he knows it. he's proven it. So putting in the work, having the right mentality coming in, uh, to this season and then embracing the role of being on the team and the role that he had. And um, you're going to need a bunch of pitchers as we see in a major league se- season, especially starting pitchers. And for him to give us that depth early on was a huge piece, giving us multiple innings out of the bullpen while we were trying to build up some of these starters with a shortened spring training. Uh, he was perfect for that role. And I still think he's a huge value down there, but with all the injuries we've had creep up on us and him being able to slide into the rotation and be able to give us 50, 60, 70 pitches out of the, uh, uh, as a starter when he fills in and, and pitching to the, the level that he's been pitching at has been huge. So I think it's just about, again, opportunities. These guys take, um, take these opportunities and they run with them. Every, you know, when you get opportunity at this level, uh, you have to produce and, and prove it. Like I said, it, it, with the shortstop position, um, it's all about getting your opportunity here and, and uh, making a name for yourself. And uh, that's what he's doing. Last five starts for Marcus Stroman, 1.8 ERA. He's dropped his overall ERA three full runs. What's he been doing right? Man, he was great his last outing. We needed that. We were short in the bullpen, and he absolutely went out there and gave us a spectacular performance uh, on the south side. Um, you know, I think he's just finding his rhythm. I say that a lot, but he's a he's a rhythm pitcher. His mechanics and his um, his body just need to line up, uh, and he just seems to be throwing multiple pitches for strikes to both sides of the plate, uh, up, down. Um, being able to, to the breaking ball seems super sharp. The slider. He's got two sliders, a, a hard one and, and a put away um, that uh, he can land for strikes or finish with back foot to lefties. Uh, it's all been working for him. I just feel like he's in the zone. I don't. Even, I think there's even a better version in there. It's look, you know, his command is good in the zone, but um, I know there's times where he's just missing that that you know outside corner, that backdoor two seamer to righties. 
some things there. When he locks that in, he's going to be really even more dominant than he was last time. But, um, you know, it, it, he had a long layoff, too, um, with being sick and, and being able to come back. And um, now he's just continued to build on where he was before he went in, uh, went on the IL and uh, getting stretched out and, and feeling really good about where he's at. Rossi, good luck tonight against the Brewers, sir. Thank you, brother. Good to talk to you, and uh, we'll go see that movie real soon. We'll talk about it. Yes, yes. Two weeks. We talking Top Gun, Rossi. Two weeks, all right? (laughs) All right. right. See you, Lawrence. See ya. That's David Ross, the manager of your Chicago Cubs. I like what he said about Keegan Thompson. I'm really, like, fixated on that because you have a player that looks like he might be able to go both ways. That You look at Keegan Thompson, you go, oh, there's a guy that might be an eighth or ninth inning guy if you want a seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy. Or maybe he ends up being someone that's in the middle of your rotation. So seeing how that develops throughout this season and then what they finally figure out like to project him as is, is something that's really, really interesting to me. And it has been fun watching young guys like Velasquez and Morel come up and you see like the big smiles and the joy and and – Maybe the Cubs are transitioning to a developmental season. And at some point, you and I will have a longer conversation about all of that. When we come back, though, I've been gone for a little bit. And I would like to talk a little bit about the White Sox. But I also, this past weekend, because there's a Cubs day game on Thursday. And then I took Friday off and I, I went away. And I was watching a lot of stuff this weekend. So Ray suggested that we do a Top 5 Tuesday on some of the cool stuff that I saw. So we're going to do that. We're going to do Top 5 next. And it's a little bit of everything. It's kind of wild and wacky world of Lawrence's sports watching. That's next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. 
Before we get to top five, there is some news from your Chicago White Sox. According to the White Sox, prior to tonight's season opener at Toronto, the White Sox placed all-star shortstop Tim Anderson on the 10-day injured list retroactive to May 30th with a strained right groin. We all knew that was coming. Here's the good news. And reinstated outfielder Luis Robert from the COVID-19 related injury list. So TA goes on IL and we'll see how long of a stay he's on IL. Maybe they took a look and things are not as bad as they looked on Sunday, but it, it definitely looked like the end of the world on Sunday when you were watching him having to be helped off of the field. Luis Robert will be back and I suspect will be playing center field for the Southside Nine as they take on Toronto. We are going to talk specifically about the White Sox in, in the next segment and James Fegan. Actually, the next two segments after this one are going to be specifically White Sox because I have some things that I would like to talk about. And Look, I had a couple of days off. I made myself like a super long like holiday weekend and I ended up spending some time hiking in Arizona which, you know, this time of year is can be treacherous because, you know, the highs while I was there was 106 and 105. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Nighttime was great and being outside, but it's like, it's like the winter here almost where you just start planning your day around getting up early. Like I would get up and do my hiking in the morning and then the rest of the day would be spent do like grading papers of doing that, finishing up my quarter with my students, grading projects and watching sports. Like that's what I did. And then I go out and have dinner at night. Like that was my routine while I was there. I saw a lot of cool stuff while I was on my little mini vacation. And a lot of it was sport. You know, what's strange. You do this job and you think you're like, Oh, well I can't wait to get away from sports. But when you love sports, and that's part of the reason that you do this job, you end up getting roped into watching sports. I love competition. And wherever I can find like the highest level of the competition, and there's money on the table, like something is at stake, I am here for it. No matter what. And this happened all weekend long. So Ray and I decided that we were going to do a top five this week of stuff that I saw over the holiday weekend. Five, one, two, three, four, five. Top five Tuesdays on the Lawrence Holmes Show. But since the day is Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Top five Tuesdays. I've only seen a couple, but that's definitely top five. Is it Tuesday? Can't you ask me an intelligent question? Is this the Lawrence Holmes Show? Then it's Top 5 Tuesdays on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Got it? Good. Yes, there was a ton of couch sitting that went on with me. And I got to tell you, I I enjoyed getting my hike in and then heading to Bosa Donuts and Jack in the Box. I like to get a good Jack in the Box breakfast while I'm out west occasionally. So I did that and then I watched a lot of sports. A lot. Number five. Vaughn swings and misses strike three. We just talked about the importance of strikeouts. Stroman 
Gets a big one right here. Anderson still at second with one away. 1-1, one, one. he shows Bunt and bunts it toward third. Stroman throws to third and it's gonna be in time. Out at third base. A head first slide by Harrison. Excellent play by Marcus Stroman. He barehanded that ball, spun all the way around and got the ball in time to Wisdom who had to make the tag on the head first sliding Harrison. Here comes the 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. The pitch was down near the dust. McGuire three straight swings and misses and that's a huge strikeout. Marcus Stroman's performance Saturday, he was great. Seven innings, or Sunday, he was great. Seven innings, had a couple of strikeouts, just really commanded the White Sox offense. I I thought it was wonderful. And seeing him over his last five starts, this is what Stroman is giving you. Six innings, two earned. Seven innings, zero earned. Five innings, two earned. Five innings, two earned. Seven innings, no earned. 1.8 1.8 ERA for Marcus Stroman in his last five starts. It's a real pitcher's duel yesterday. We'll get back to that. Number four. Dyer's box. She's got the hot hand. Trying to get the hands free. She scores. Sam Dyer's box fires North Carolina in front for the first time today. Four straight goals for the transfer from Richmond. Friday afternoon, I am sitting there on the couch watching Northwestern's women's lacrosse team play in the national semifinal against North Carolina. North Carolina! So I'm watching them play, and they have the game in hand. I'm like, man, Northwestern lacrosse is out here crushing it. As per usual, they're a very successful national program. And then... Weird stuff started to happen. It was like North Carolina ate their spinach. Or they all got like the super soldier serum. Northwestern had an eight goal lead in the fourth quarter of this game. And I went from laying on the couch watching the game. To when North Carolina got to five goals sitting on the couch watching the game. To then when it got to two goals on the edge of the couch. And then when it got tied, I was pacing back and forth like I went to Northwestern. It was incredible. Like North Carolina went on to win the championship and finish the season undefeated. But my goodness, that game was absolutely wild. Number three. I know Lynn wants to talk about your voice, but that mustache you were rocking is absolutely, I mean, between you and Matt Carper, you guys should have like a mustache contest. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones in the league right now, actually. What, what was the, I mean, I know we want to talk baseball, but before this inning's over with Cueto and the Cubs swinging at every single pitch he throws, like what was the thought process behind like, okay, I'm going with this mustache today? Yeah, I, I uh, so I had a beard and then uh, I shaved it to like a pencil thin mustache. And uh, it was it was kind of goofy and, and and you know made me laugh, but it wasn't it wasn't quite right. Regrew it, and then I Facetimed my agent, and uh, he just started cracking up. He's like, "Hey, you got to keep that." So I pretty much I've had it ever since. So I think I've had it since probably like February, maybe even earlier. So is there 
there's like a, a combination of you want people to smile, maybe even laugh, but also be like, that's really cool. What's the percentage of you want the cool factor's got to be about two thirds, right? Yeah, I mean, ideally, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm hitting those numbers, but uh, I, I, think I think it's getting a lot of laughs at the very least. AJ Pruszynski and Lynn Casper calling the game on Saturday was great. Getting a chance to to watch and hear those guys, I saw a lot of uh, Cubs fans actually saying that they were happy to hear Lynn calling a Cubs game, even though he's the White Sox radio guy. AJ's a natural at this. And and what I loved about that, one, Dylan Cease was very entertaining in their chat with him. And two, listening to AJ manage the game for the White Sox was very intriguing. As I look around for who might want to follow Tony LaRusso when he retires, question mark. All I know is that he was making some great points about Johnny Cueto not going back out there for the seventh inning. Because you had gotten exactly what you wanted from Johnny Cueto. Why do we need to push things any farther? Shout out to AJ. Number two. Five infielders for the Cubs. Berger to left, and that is game. Five infielders. Doesn't matter. The Sox take the long way home, five to four. This was a tough day for Jake Berger. He hung with it. He got his first hit of the day, and it turned out to be a game winner. Jake Berger with the game winner for the White Sox yesterday. Highlight courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. I started watching this game in Sky Harbor Airport. And then, then... I ended up watching it while well, I was talking to this couple from Texas and then we started talking about Chicago and I was like, I got to go. My plane's getting ready to board. I watched it all the way home. Wee, 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 all the way home watching the Cubs and the White Sox. Think about that. I watched three innings in the airport. Watched the rest of the game on the way home. And then was sitting there in the parking garage watching the end of it. And it ended up really well. There's some Jake Berger stuff that I want to talk about in the next segment. But first, we've got number one. One, two to Rollins. Swing and a pop-up. Katie over. She's got it. Get ready, Oklahoma. Here comes Northwestern. The Wildcats are returning to the Women's College World Series. Yo, highlight courtesy of ESPN. I was down the street from where this game was happening, but it was too damn hot to go sit at a game. Northwestern played Arizona State for a chance to go to the College World Series. It's a three-game series, best of three series. It was wild. Wild. Game two was one of the best sporting events that I've seen in a while. And then yesterday, they were able to finish this thing off, and now they're going, or Saturday night, Saturday night, Saturday night was the crazy game too. They finished this thing off, and now they're going to the College World Series. In fact, their coach, Kate Drohan, is going to be on the show at 125, and I've got to ask her about her on-field demeanor 
I have never seen a coach or manager with her type of demeanor where you know she's getting her point across, but she looks completely calm. And there were a couple instances where she had to do that in this series. But this series between Northwestern and Arizona State was amazing. Shout out to what Danielle Williams, the pitcher for Northwestern. I think she threw 400 pitches in three games. Something ridiculous like that. So, yeah, that got my number one. And what was crazy is that Saturday night's game, the game was on where I was having dinner, a place called The Yard in Phoenix. And Phoenicians were definitely into it and cheering. And seeing women's softball get that type of love is great. You know I'm an advocate for women's softball. So seeing people like, oh, this is fun and exciting. We can cheer for it. Great. So that's my top five. You don't like my top five? Well, I mean, it would be the top five things that I watch. So I guess you couldn't technically even have a top five. You could do the top five things that you watch. You good. When we come back, let's talk about the White Sox. The White Sox are at the quarter pole. We are through Memorial Day. June 1st is tomorrow. What do we know about the White Sox? And what do we think they are? I'm going to discuss that next here on The Score. We are Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. We're live from Chicago, talking Chicago sports. Listen on your radio, your laptop, your mobile device through the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or tell your smart speaker to play 670 The Score. We're live and we're local. 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. This segment is being brought to you by Whole Foods Market. At Whole Foods Market, enjoy animal welfare certified beef and chicken kebabs and top sirloin steak for $6.99 a pound through May 31st, while supplies last. Plus, Prime members save an extra 10%. Learn more on the Whole Foods Market app. The NBA Finals are here, and so is your chance to score big on FanDuel Sportsbook. Throughout the NBA Finals, FanDuel is giving new customers $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Bet the money line, point spreads, player props, so much more. Plus, you can combine your bets for even bigger payday with the same game parlay. So if you're thinking, I'll go Steph Curry over Jason Tatum under, you could do that for the finals if that's what you wanted to do. If you haven't signed up with FanDuel, you should try it. And you should try it with my promo code, LOHO, L-O-H-O. Again, that's L-O-H-O. Now is the perfect time to give it a shot because the only thing sweeter than watching the finals is cashing in on all the action. Join today with my promo code LOHO and turn $5 bet into $200 in free bets, win or lose. You must be 21 or older. President Illinois, first online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yo, Holmes! Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes! And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Timmage Tort. Nice pick. And the throw's there. Softly to Abreu. Tim hurt himself. Tim hurt himself as he went to his left. And that's why that was an off-balance throw. And it looks to me like a groin muscle. The athletic training staff... Helping Tim Anderson off the field, and he is just so important to this team. Man, this first 45 games feels like 
three lifetimes worth of baseball. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone are correct in their assessment of what happened and in their thoughts on where things stand with the White Sox. They're both right, courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Tim Anderson getting hurt. He's the one guy that you can't afford to lose. And I know that's that's a weird thing to say, but when you look... Yesterday, I, I did a whole pod on House of L because I kind of couldn't wait to get back on the air and talk about the White Sox and where we are. Like usually what happens is you start looking at teams. There's Memorial Day, 4th of July, trade deadline. People in baseball will tell you, well, here's how you look at it. When it comes to the season... You take the first 60 games to assess who you are and what you need. You spend the next 60 games trying to acquire it, and then you play out the rest and hope that those final 42 games will put you exactly where you need to be. So we're not quite at 60, but we are at Memorial Day, and we're, we're looking at a team right now that is five games back of Minnesota. The Twins are playing a doubleheader that just started a little while ago against Detroit. The White Sox are in Toronto. The good thing for the White Sox is that while their June schedule is rough, the Twins' schedule in June is also rough after they're done with Detroit. I was texting with Campy and Tony and Herb E. on Saturday. We were talking about it because Tony was trying to figure out, like, why are they so bad? And there's a lot of... A lot of reasons why the White Sox are where they're at at this point. My concern, this is our concern, dude. My concern is that we're going to look up on June 10th and the White Sox are going to be 10 games out of first place. Just because of the, the difficulty level of what their schedule is for the month of June. And because of the way that this team plays. And because their best player is is not available to them for at least 10 games. And I see people in the Twitch stream going, oh, well, thank God it's only the 10-day 10, 10 IL. Well, yeah, he might end up having to stay on that, though. Like, it's not, it's not like he's going to be fine. We know for a fact that he's going to be fine in 10 days. We'll see. The way that the injury luck has gone for the White Sox this year, I wouldn't bet on it after seeing Tim having to be helped off the field and then asking Tim to come back and do all the things that he does for this White Sox team. So maybe you're going, all right, Lawrence, you're you're really scaring me with this schedule thing. How bad is the schedule for the White Sox? I'm glad you asked that question, straw man, that I'm having a conversation with. The White Sox are playing three games with Toronto in Toronto, and two of their best pitchers are not available. Kendall Graveman and Dylan Cease are each on the restricted list. Your guess is as good as mine. Either they didn't get the vaccine or they didn't get boosted. Either way, they're not going to Toronto. They can rejoin the team in Tampa, which is where the White Sox go after they're done with Toronto. So two of the best teams in baseball... They're playing for the next six games. I'm sorry, for the next nine games. Because after they're done with their road trip, they come back home and do get an off day on my birthday. 
still got time to get those presents in. They start a three-game series with the Dodgers. You get a little bit of relief over the next six games because it's Texas and the Tigers, but this White Sox team this season hasn't played very well against the American League Central. And the Tigers are not very good. And then what happens? Then they go back on the road to their nemesis, the Houston Astros. And then come home and play the Blue Jays again before they get a respite against the Orioles, who've been playing people tough, even though they're not winning games necessarily. And then they go on the road to end the month at the Angels. So there's a lot of bad in here schedule-wise. That's just the schedule. Like That's just us looking at teams that are better than them and going, do the White Sox match up? Then there's the problems inside of the White Sox. The reason that the team is 23 and 23. I think their starting pitching has been beyond what anyone could have rightfully thought it could be considering that you were starting the season with Dallas Keiko in your rotation and Lance Lynn on the IL. Cease has been great. Giolito has been great. Kopech has been great. My hope that Lance Lynn comes back in a couple of weeks and he picks up where he left off and that makes you a super formidable rotation. Cueto, I thought, was mismanaged on Saturday. You, you, with a, a player like that at this point in his career, exposure is the worst thing that can happen to him. If Johnny Cueto goes out there and gives you a quality start, there's no reason to push it forward. You got six good innings out of him? Great. Move it along. Because your bullpen's supposed to be built to take care of the rest of that. But their starting pitching has been way better than than any of us could have expected with the injuries and the personnel that they had. And Kopech being a cipher, not knowing if he was going to be able to reach his potential. And I think that so far he's done that. And, and maybe he's even gone beyond what people thought he could be as a starter. This team can't hit. It's as simple as looking at the batting averages of this team, of looking at the the OPS of this team. They struggle. There's too many ones and twos in their lineup. And I'm talking 100s and 200s, like low 200s. There's too many guys with 500 or so OPSs in their lineup. And I don't know how any of it gets fixed. I was talking with Mike Rankin and... Campy during one of the breaks on the Bernstein show because I'm in the studio today, so I was hitting them up on the talk back. Look, I'm not saying that these are desperate times yet because we are still talking about the first 50 games of a season. You got to find offense, and right now, considering you're not a good defensive team anyway, you might have to sacrifice some of that defense for offense, meaning. I, I think that Josh Harrison has played a good second base defensively. I think that him and Tim are really good together defensively. Offensively, you cannot justify him being in the lineup. 
I would argue that you would have a hard time justifying him being on the roster. We know that Leori's going to get some time at shortstop now, and Leori legend, he's going to be out there. This is kind of why he's on your roster, but you did give him a three-year deal, which a lot of us were like, is that really necessary? I wouldn't ordinarily suggest this. I think Jake Berger should be your everyday second baseman. I know he's limited. Unless unless you want to really get, like, if we want to get crazy. Hey, Yoan, go back to second. Why are you making that face, Ray? I mean, all that work. Ugh. That, that would be wild. That would be a wild development in the career of Yon Moncada. Well, here's the thing. You can't put him back at second base. You know why? Because he's probably playing injured at third right now. He's probably got some sort of quad thing right now. So you can't put him there. Who? So here's your choice. Your choice is you can play Josh Harrison and know that for the next two weeks against the best teams in baseball, your up the middle is going to be Leori Garcia and Josh Harrison. You can do that. Berger at least is driving the ball. I'd experiment with it. The good news is Luis Robert will be back tonight. I don't know what COVID did to him. You don't either. I don't know what the layoff did to him. You brought up Yon Moncada when he caught COVID that season. It's a whole season that was just gone. That's right. And I, I felt bad. I thought that he was a real warrior the way that he tried to play through it. But you don't know. There's all this stuff that's just hanging over them like the sword of Damocles. Every time you look up and you go, okay, well, maybe this is the start of the thing that we're all expecting to happen with the White Sox. And then it doesn't end up being that. I was looking at it yesterday. When you look at the run differential for the White Sox, it's amazing. And I don't mean that in a good way. When you compare them to the rest of their division, the Twins right now are a plus 32. And win expectancy says they should be 28 and 21. They're 29 and 20. The White Sox, who are four and a half games back, they're... Differential is minus 45. They're expect they they've actually done better than what they were expected to do considering their run differential. Their their expected win-loss record is 18 and 28. They're 23 and 23. You know that I'm almost obsessed with the weird ass twins. I don't think they're that I don't think that they have more talent than the White Sox. I think the White Sox have a, an abundance more talent than they do. But so far, that talent like we all everyone keeps expecting like every player to get to that next point in their career and some have. TA might win a batting championship this year. 
If Kopech pitches like this, him and Giolito are going to be in the argument for Cy Young. But you start looking at some of the other players and you go, where are you getting production from? How is this all going to work? I hope I'm wrong, but these are scary times for your White Sox. And these next two weeks are going to be a something. I'm going to talk with James Fegan about all of this stuff next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.